يا ايها الذين امنوا او يو هو هاف بيليفد امنوا بالله ورسوله بيليف ان الله اند هيز ميسنجر هو از بينج ادريسد دوز هو بيليف هو ار دوز هو بيليف هو بيليف ان الله اند هيز ميسنجر بس الله از تيلينج ذيم بيليف ان الله اند هيز ميسنجر والكتاب اند ذا بوك الذي نزل على رسوله ذات ويتش هي هاز سنت داون اون هيز ميسنجر والكتاب الذي انزل من قبل اند اولسو بيليف ان ذا بوك ويتش واز سنت بيفور So believe in all the scriptures. But who are the believers? The believers are the ones who actually believe in all of these things. So why is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling them to believe when they already believe? Why? What comes to your mind? Nothing? So should I tell you? Okay. So when the believers are being told, believe, then what does it mean? Continue to believe. Okay? It's like you are walking and your friend says, walk. So what does that mean? That keep walking. Don't stop. Right? You're eating and somebody tells you, eat. What does that mean? Eat more. Right? You're at somebody's house, your plate is full and they're like, eat, eat sister, eat. Right? And they keep pouring on your plate. What does that mean? Eat more. Don't stop eating. Taste everything. So, aminu, it means here, continue to believe. Continue to maintain your faith. Keep increasing your faith. Strengthen your faith. Complete your faith. Perfect your faith. Revive it. Adhere to it. Be serious about it. Don't neglect it. Keep believing in Allah. Keep reviving your iman in Allah. Keep increasing your iman in Allah and His book and His messengers. Why? Because iman is something that is like a plant, that is like a tree. A plant, does it need water? Does it need nutrition? Does it need food? Does it need sunlight? It does. It needs nourishment, right? From everywhere, from above and below. And if it is not given that nourishment, then what will happen? It will dry up and it will die. Just like that, your iman needs constant supply, constant food and nourishment. It has to be watered, it has to be energized, it has to be filled in, it has to be revived again and again. Why? So that it can survive and so that it can grow. Why do you water a plant? So that it can survive And also so that it can grow. Because if you don't water it, it will dry up. It will die. So just like that, iman is something that is not stagnant. It is something that is not stationary. It is either always increasing or it is decreasing. It's either going up or it's going down. Just like temperature. Is it always the same? Never. You can make it the same in your refrigerator, all right, but not anywhere else. What happens outside? It will increase or decrease. So this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us to constantly increase our faith, constantly strengthen it, constantly work on it. Because when you will constantly work on it, it will remain at one place and it will grow. So basically, you don't want it to reduce. You don't want it to fall down. You don't want it to go down. 
Because if it goes down, that is very dangerous. That is very harmful. You have to maintain it within a certain range. And your goal should be to increase it. To increase the range. To go higher and higher. So this is why Allah says, Aminu, believe in Allah, His Messenger, and the book that He has sent down on His Messenger, and the book that was sent before. وَمَن يَكْفُرْ بِاللَّهِ And whoever disbelieves in Allah, وَمَلَائِكَتِهِ And His angels, وَكُتُبِهِ And His books, وَرُسُلِهِ And His messengers, وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ And the last day, فَقَدْ ضَلَّ ضَلَالًا بَعِيدًا Then in fact, He has certainly gone far astray. Iman and kufr, they are not the same. Faith and disbelief, they are not the same. This is why it's necessary to maintain the faith and to increase the faith. It needs food. You have to grow it. It doesn't grow by itself. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Indeed, those people who believed, ثُمَّ كَفَرُوا Then they disbelieved. ثُمَّ آمَنُوا Then they believed. ثُمَّ كَفَرُوا Then again they disbelieved. ثُمَّ ازْدَادُوا كُفْرًا Then they increased in their disbelief. ازْدَادُوا from زَيَّادَال Ziyadah, to increase. So then they eventually increased in disbelief. Such people, لَمْ يَكُنِ اللَّهُ Allah is not going to, لِيَغْفِرَ لَهُمْ He is not going to forgive them. وَلَا لِيَهْدِيَهُمْ سَبِيلًا Nor will He ever guide them. For such people, no forgiveness and no guidance. Why? Because look at their attitude. Between iman and kufr. Wavering between faith and disbelief. At one point, very good. At another point, very bad. At another point, very good. At another point, very bad. And eventually what happens? They go in kufr. They excel in kufr. This is just like if you have a plant. Okay? You water it one day. It becomes really nice and fresh. Okay? And then for a week, you don't water it. What's going to happen by the end of the week? It will begin to dry up. It's drooping. So then what do you do? You water it. You're like, oh my God, it's dying. I better water it. So you water it. Then what happens? It comes to life again. But then if you ignore it for a week, what will happen? It will start to die. But then you water it again. It gets back to life. But if you continue such an attitude towards the plant, a time will come when that plant won't be able to come back to life. Isn't it so? When it won't have the strength to come back then it will die. No matter how much you water it, no matter how much fertilizer you put, no matter how much you expose it to fresh air and good sunlight, still, is it going to survive? It won't. Eventually it will die. So just like that, if we have this kind of attitude with our iman, one day we're praying, the other day we're not. Then after a week we're like, oh my God, I didn't pray at all, I should better pray. So then a person goes and prays, and then he doesn't pray again. And then he prays. And then he doesn't pray again. Eventually what will happen? A time will come when he will stop praying altogether. Doesn't it happen? When a person skips a prayer or two in a day, then eventually what happens? He begins to skip more and more prayers. Until a point comes where he says, Yeah, I used to pray, but now I don't. I've become so bad. That's what people do. So, ثُمَّ ازْدَادُوا kufran. So such people, Allah will not forgive them nor will He guide them. Why? Because they themselves are guilty. They themselves are at fault. It was their own neglect that caused them 
to come to this point. Earlier we learned about the importance of justice, establishing justice between people. And what does that mean? Give every deserving one their right. What do we learn here? That give Allah His right. Give your iman its right. Because if you neglect it, that is going to be harmful for your own self. Let's listen to the recitation. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu aminu billahi wa rasulihi wal kitab alladhi nazzala ala rasulihi والكتاب الذي نزل على رسوله والكتاب الذي أنزل من قبل ومن يكفر بالله وملائكته وكتبه ورسله واليوم الآخر فقد ضل ضلالا بعيدا إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا ثُمَّ كَفَرُوا ثُمَّ آمَنُوا ثُمَّ كَفَرُوا ثُمَّ ازْدَادُوا كُفْرًا لَمْ يَكُنِ اللَّهُ لِيَغْفِرَ لَهُمْ وَلَا لِيَهْدِيَهُمْ سَبِيلًا So what do we learn in these verses? That we should always strive to increase our iman. How does iman increase? Let's say, I feel that my iman is low and I want to increase it. Tell me an action, something that I can do to increase my iman. What can I do? Yes. Okay, I'm making dua. Oh Allah, increase my iman. Okay, if I'm hungry and I need to get rid of that hunger, I ask you, what should I do? You tell me, make dua. Okay, very good. I should make dua. Oh Allah, I'm hungry. Please solve my hunger for me. Okay, one is to make dua. But don't you have to do something yourself as well? Then what will you tell me if I'm hungry? What will you tell me if I'm hungry? Just sit there and appreciate the different foods that Allah has made. And just think about the different, different uh, foods and things that Allah has made. And you'll be fine. What do I have to do? Eat something. Go find something to eat. And just sit with it? Sit with the food? No. Put it in your mouth. Eat it. That will do away with the hunger. Likewise, iman, when you want to increase it, what do you have to do? Something. We can't just be like, yeah, you know, I just love Allah. And you're looking at the book, at the Quran, like... Quran is so beautiful. It is so amazing. It is so inspiring. And you say all these big words about the Quran. That itself is not going to increase your faith. Right? You can't just be looking at the sky and the clouds at the creation of Allah. Like, yeah, yeah, this is increasing my faith. What do you need to do? Some action. And what is that? That when you look at the beautiful creation of Allah, you say, you do. What do you do? You go and obey Allah. Right? You do something to make Allah happy. You want to increase your iman? You do an action. You recite the Qur'an. You do dhikr of Allah. You pray salah. You go give sadaqah. You forgive someone. You help someone in need. You pray salah early. You fast. You pray nafal. Okay? 
This is what will increase your iman. Yes, I was saying, your iman increases when your knowledge increases. Otherwise, you don't know how you can praise Allah. You don't know what you can do. You don't know to what you can do. Your, exactly. You don't know what you can do to, you know, please Allah. But when you open the book and you learn these verses, then you know how you can apply them and thereby increase your iman. Yes, but again, knowledge alone is not sufficient. This is just like a person going to the grocery store, buying a lot of fruits and vegetables, and then he sets them up on the table, and he says, yeah, I have food. Is it going to do away with his hunger? What does he have to do? Eat that food. So when we're learning, we need to use this knowledge, we need to apply it. So for example, we learned about justice. When we will be fair, even if we're going to suffer, then that will cause you to increase your iman. It will. Every command of Allah that you obey, remember it will increase your faith. I was just recalling a hadith that it was about that Sahaba, all the companions of Rasulullah they came and asked Rasulullah that when we are in your company in this mosque, we are just, we don't want to get out of this yeah. environment but, and this yeah. learning situation in your company. We feel so comfortable and so relaxed. But when once we are out of this mosque and we get indulged with our businesses and with our families and everything, we just forget about coming back here and we need to force ourselves that we have to come back here in this mosque with you. So Basically, they meant that the, their, exactly. the, the state of their heart is different. Exactly. In the company of the Prophet exactly. and when they're busy with their business and homes. Exactly. And Rasulullah he told them that your effort is important for Allah Ta'ala and He will focus on your how much you strive to come here to me and to Allah Ta'ala and this is all Allah needs. Yeah. Basically, he's, he said that if your iman would always be high, then you would be meeting angels in the streets. So the point was that the state of your heart cannot always be the same. There will be a difference. But you always have to work on making it better. Making it better. Making it better. It's like you eat food, you get hungry, but then what do you do? You eat again. And you get hungry, you eat again. And you get hungry, you eat again. Right? And one is that you keep snacking throughout the day. One cucumber here, one carrot here, one celery stick here or some other kind of food, whatever. You keep snacking throughout the day. And the other is that you have a proper meal in the morning, proper meal in the afternoon, proper meal at night. That will last you longer. Alright? So just like that, you need iman food throughout the day. What is iman food? Good deeds. Good deeds. That is your iman food. That is what will feed your iman. That is what will grow your iman. It will nourish it and strengthen it. So good deeds. Whether it is dhikrullah, whether it is tilawatul Qur'an, whether it is saying something good, qulu nasi husna, forgiving someone, stopping yourself from backbiting, telling the truth, all of this will increase your iman. You want to say something? Also staying in the company of righteous people. Yes. Staying in good company, that will also increase your iman. Why? Because good company, good people, they will be busy in good deeds. So when they will do good things, you will do good things. And as a result, your iman will also grow. Just being in the company of chefs is not going to do away with your hunger. You're going to work with the chefs to make good food, and then you're going to eat it. That is what will satisfy. I was also really interested to say that. When you were sick, you, go, you went to the doctor. 
you know, and um, when you are going to be in the righteous company, they're going to guide you about that, you know, where you're going to go. And first of all, we have to jot down our points where we are lacking behind. We are all the time along with yourselves. I was used to tell my kids before sleeping, just think about what you did, you know, in the morning, what was, you know, mistakes you did and what the good deeds you did. And this is what my teacher said. Before going to sleep, think about what you did whole of the day for the people and for yourself. Hasibu qabla an tuhasibu. Zainab, you wanted to say something? Assalamualaikum. Um, someone gave an example of how iman is. It's like the sign, uh, the square root sign. So it's stable, then it goes up, then it goes down. And then if you continue it, it goes stable again. And then you need to pull it back up yourself. You need to make the effort yourself or else it's going to keep going down. Yeah, exactly. keeps going down, but you have to go up. And then you maintain it, but then it falls down, then you have to jump up. You have to go higher. Then you maintain it, and there is a dip again. And then you go higher. You maintain it, there is a dip again. But then you have to go higher. So you have to keep going higher, higher, higher. And there is no limit to how high you can go. There is no limit. Because you see, there is Iman, Islam, Ihsan. What's the height of Ihsan? Nothing. There's no height to it. There's no maximum limit. It's how much ever you can do. Alright? There's always room to do more. So we learned in the ayah that when a person neglects his iman, he doesn't take care of it. He doesn't look after it. He does not strive to maintain it, to increase it. Then what happens? Eventually a time comes when he has such a dip that he keeps falling down and down. He increases in his disbelief. He was at a point of iman. He neglected his iman and he came to a point of kufr. Allah says, بَشِّرِ الْمُنَافِقِينَ Give glad tidings, good news to the hypocrites. What good news? بِأَنَّ لَهُمْ That indeed for them is عَذَابًا أَلِيمًا A painful punishment. Painful punishment, is it good news? It's not good news. So why does Allah say, give them good news of a painful punishment? This is basically sarcasm. That they're so happy about what they're doing, they're so happy about their deceit, about the wrong actions they're doing, their worldly life, they're so happy about it. Tell them, give them the good news, that there is severe, painful punishment for them. Now this ayah is a clear warning against hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is something very serious. It takes a person to hellfire. And what is nifaq? What is hypocrisy? Hypocrisy, if you think about it, it is lack of commitment, being non-serious with the deen. Not being fully committed to the deen, being non-serious about one's religion. It is when on the outward, a person appears to be very committed, very righteous, very nice. But on the inside, there is no fear of Allah, no love of Allah, no desire to do good, no fear of doing bad, nothing. The heart is somewhere else. Outwardly, very committed. Internally, somewhere else. This is what hypocrisy is. Because what do we learn about the munafiqeen in the Qur'an? Those who say we believe, but Allah says in reality they don't believe. On the outward is iman, in the heart, no iman. We learned about those who are hypocrites, that they are deceitful, that they are treacherous. How? A deceitful person 
never goes to the face of a person and says, you know what, I'm going to break this promise that I made with you. He doesn't say that. He pretends that he's going to fulfill it. He pretends that he's committed. But in reality, he's not going to fulfill it. No person will go and say to the face of another that I am going to not fulfill the trust that you gave me. Does he say that? No. Rather he says, no, no, I'm going to do this work. I'm going to fulfill my promise. I'm going to fulfill my commitment. This is what he shows in the outward. But in reality, he goes against it. So nifaq is basically lack of commitment with the deen. It is something else on the outside, something else on the inside. It is taking the deen non-seriously, not giving importance to the deen. Having a very casual attitude with the deen. One day a person is praying, another day he's not praying. One day very serious about hijab, another day I don't care. There's no stability. A believer is stable. If he does have a dip, he goes higher. But most of the time he is stable. A munafiq, what is he like? Constantly up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. There's no maintenance of faith. And the graph, instead of going higher, it goes lower. Lower and lower until there is kufr. Now, iman is something that requires commitment from a person. Just like your work, does it require commitment? Does it? Yes. Marriage, does that require commitment? Yes. Anything in life that requires commitment from you, which means that when you have said that you're going to do it, you're going to do it. You are going to stick to it. You're not going to leave it. So if a person has a very casual attitude with his work, so one day he goes to work on time, and the other day he takes five minute break after every 30 minutes. Okay? And the third day he calls in and he says, I don't feel like coming, so I'm not going to come today. And the fourth day, he doesn't even bother to give a call. The fifth day he shows up. What's the boss going to say? You are fired. You're not welcome over here. We cannot have people like you working in this place. Isn't that so? This is why we take our work very seriously. We take our school very seriously. Because we know that we're going to suffer otherwise. We have to show, we have to prove our commitment. Likewise, the deen, it requires commitment from us. It can't be that one day we're praying, another day we're not. One day we're reading Quran, for three weeks we're not. And like this we feel that we are very strong, very good believers. No. When it comes to work, we don't even think of taking a day off. No matter how difficult it is, we don't take a day off. Instead we go early, we come late, we bring work home. But when it comes to the deen, what does shaitan tell us? It's okay, skip a day. It's okay, we'll leave early. It's okay, we'll go late. It's okay, I'll listen to the recording later. It's okay, I've studied these verses before. It's okay, I read through the translation, I know. It's okay, I'll borrow somebody's notes. What does it mean? Lack of commitment, right? Everything in life demands commitment from you. Everything in life demands commitment from us. So, the munafiqeen at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, they were uncommitted. How? When it came time to go for battle, excuses, excuses, excuses. Right? One reason or the other to stay behind. When it came time to give money, to spend in the way of Allah, excuses. Lack of commitment. Allah says, tell such people, بِأَنَّ لَهُمْ عَذَابًا أَلِيمًا because Islam is submission. It is not moodiness. 
It is not that you follow your mood, your desire. If you feel like it, you do it. You don't feel like it, you don't do it. No. Work, study. Do you do it when you feel like it? And when you don't feel like it, you don't do it? No. You do it anyway. Because you have to do it. Likewise, deen, salah, Quran, ibadah. When you have to do it, you have to do it. Even if you don't feel like it. So the believer, he overcomes his desire, his laziness. And the hypocrite, he falls before his laziness. And shaitan has more power over him. And the person weakens and weakens until he loses the most precious treasure that he ever possessed. Who are the munafiqun? Allah says, الَّذِينَ يَتَّخِذُونَ الْكَافِرِينَ أَوْلِيَاءِ Those people who take the disbelievers as their close friends. مِن دُونِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Instead of the believers. Instead of taking believers as their close friends, who did they take as their close friends? Disbelievers. Now it doesn't mean that you can never befriend a non-Muslim. This is not what the meaning is. We have read the meaning of awliya before. Wilaya is a very close friendship, intimate friendship, in which a person shares his secrets with the other as well, shares his plans, his goals. He takes their shura, discusses his problems, so that he can take their advice. And when he takes their advice, he follows them. Right? So what's the harm in taking a non-Muslim as your close best friend? What's the harm? Yes? They may not give you the correct advice. Right? They may encourage you to do something wrong. Why? Because they want you to be evil? Because they don't know what your deen tells you. Simply, they don't know what your deen tells you. They may be very sincere to you. They may want the best for you, but they tell you, look, if you don't want to wear hijab, I don't think you should wear it. And by the way, I'm honestly telling you, you look very, very beautiful. Your hair is very, very nice. Be confident about yourself. Take this off. And they tell you as such a loyal friend, as such a good friend. So this is the harm of having people who don't have iman as your close best friends because they will affect you, they will inspire you. Their personality will rub off on you. Correct? If you are with someone who believes in Allah, when you're suffering, they will encourage you to have hope in Allah. But if you are friends with someone who doesn't believe in Allah, when you're suffering, are they going to remind you to be hopeful in Allah? No. If anything, they're going to make you lose your faith. If you're suffering, they cannot make dua for you. They cannot remind you that at-tahur insha'Allah. Right? That this also is a purification insha'Allah. Al-mar'u ala dini khalili. A person is on the religion of his friends. What they will do, you will do. What they will eat, you will eat. The words they will say, you will say. Why? Because you want to fit in, you want to be like them, you have to be accepted by them. And so when you want to be one of them, you will become like them. So you will dress like they dress, you will pluck eyebrows like they do so, you will say things that they say, right? And then what happens? A person, he loses the ability to differentiate between right and wrong. He loses the ability to differentiate between right and wrong. Then the wrong becomes the norm. It becomes okay. Isn't it so? So for example, think about clothing even. When we all come here, we make sure that we dress properly. 
right? Even if we're not wearing an abaya, we're wearing pants, and we know we, we wear like decent clothing, okay? And I mean like long or whatever. But if you are amongst people who are amongst them all the time, you want to be like them, you want to be praised by them, you want to go to the mall with them, aren't you going to dress like them? Aren't you going to dress like them? Yes. So there will be times when a woman may be wearing a hijab, but her neck is showing. Why? Because she has to reveal her earrings just like her friend. Or that she is wearing hijab, but the face is covered in makeup just like her friends. Or that she is wearing clothing, but it's as though she's not. Why? Because her friends have affected her. You understand what I mean? Her friends have affected her. And believe me, it happens. People's accent changes. Their vocabulary changes. Right? The way they make their hair, something as small as that, it changes. The way they wear their hijab changes. Isn't it? I'm not saying in a good way or a bad way. Just saying it changes. Your friends do affect you. Assalamu alaikum. Sometimes not even intentionally, unintentionally some follows. Like one, I knew one of my friends, she told she had a new friend who used to like literally scold her kids like anything. And unintentionally when she used to come back home, she used to literally yes. scold kids. And she wasn't getting like, why am I getting this habit off? Then she understood, oh, because of my friend, yes. she scolds her kids, so I'm getting it. So it, it was unintentionally. Very true. Very true. That sometimes it happens unintentionally. So this is the reason why a believer will never make someone who does not have iman as his close best friend. But the one who is uncommitted to the deen, who's not that serious about his deen, then what will he do? He will go and make friends amongst who? Those who disbelieve, close friends, best friends, min dun al-mu'mineen. Allah says, أَيَبْتَغُونَ عِنْدَهُمُ الْعِزَّةِ Why are they doing this? Are they seeking from them some honor? Power? What is izzah? Honor. And also strength. Why are they making them their friends? They want to be honorable? They want to be powerful? فَإِنَّ الْعِزَّةَ لِلَّهِ جَمِيعًا Indeed, all izzah, it belongs to Allah. So, they're befriending them in order to seek worldly honor? They're befriending them in order to impress them, in order to please them, in order to be accepted by them? Why? All honor belongs to Allah. He is the one who gives honor, He is the one who takes it away. He is the one who gives power, He is the one who takes it away. So, we need to ask ourselves, when I dress, when I talk, when I do anything that I'm doing, who, who am I trying to please? Who am I trying to impress? Who do I want to look good in their eyes? Who is it? Is it Allah or is it someone else? I was just thinking how yesterday we were learning about Ibrahim and how he was unswerving and he befriended Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if we want to be unswerving and we want to be on the right path, then we have to befriend people like that and set an environment like that as well for ourselves. Exactly. وَقَدْ نَزَّلَ عَلَيْكُمْ فِي الْكِتَابِ and in fact, it has been revealed to you in the book. Meaning already this instruction has been given in the Qur'an. And that, إِذَا سَمِعْتُمْ When you hear آيَاتِ اللَّهِ The verses of Allah, يُكْفَرُ بِهَا They are being rejected. They are being disbelieved. وَيُسْتَهْزَأُ بِهَا And they are being mocked at. يُسْتَهْزَأُ Remember this word? قَالُوا إِنَّمَا نَحْنُ مُسْتَهْزِئُونَ What does istihza mean? To mock at someone, to laugh at them. 
right? So when you hear the verses of Allah being rejected, being mocked at, then Allah has already told you that فَلَا تَقْعُدُوا مَعَهُمْ Then do not sit with such people. تَقْعُدُوا from قَعَدَ That do not sit in the company of such people. حَتَّى until يَخُودُ They indulge in. يَخُودُ is from خَوَالْضَاد خَوْد is to enter into water. And from this it's also used for entering into a conversation and going deep in it. Okay, so until they are engrossed fi hadithin in a speech, in a conversation, غيرihi other than it, meaning until they start talking about something else. So while people are mocking at the verses of Allah, they are rejecting the verses of Allah. Allah has already told you, don't sit with them. But when they change the topic, when they start talking about something else, then you may go and sit with them. So this instruction has already been given. Where? In Surah Al-An'am, Ayah 68. Allah says, وَإِذَا رَأَيْتَ الَّذِينَ يَخُضُونَ فِي آيَاتِنَا فَأَعْدُدْ عَنْهُمْ When you see people engrossed talking negatively about our verses, then turn away from them. Meaning don't be with them. Don't sit in such a gathering. By the way, what are the ayat of Allah? The verses of the Qur'an. Remember ayat kawni, ayat shari. So ayat shari, what do they include? The verses of the Qur'an, the Messenger wasallam, the Kaaba. Right, the different things that signify the religion, that are part of the deen, rituals, acts of worship, all of these things. If somebody is mocking at them, rejecting them, Allah says, don't be with them. Don't be in their company. Don't sit there. Why? Why not sit there? Just sit there silently. You're not taking any part in that conversation. So you're just sitting there silently. What's the harm? Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stop us? Yeah. Yes, this will lower your iman. Doesn't it ever happen that there's a person and somebody you know, passes a sarcastic comment about them? They say one thing, another person says another thing, and then who's next? You are. Isn't it? You are. This is why Allah says, إِنَّكُمْ إِذَنْ مِثْلُهُمْ If you sit with them, then indeed you will be like them. You will become like them. How? That first of all, you will be equal in sin. How? They're the ones mocking, you're not mocking. They're the ones rejecting, you're not rejecting. So how do you become like them? Because you are silently approving them. Silence is approval. So if you just sit there, you are approving of the kufr, of the mockery. And also you are like them, how? That you will become like them. Because your company affects you. What do we learn in the hadith? That a bad friend, example of a bad friend is like a blacksmith. Someone who's working with fire. So what will happen then? You will also smell of smoke. And the blackness will come on your face as well. Because of all the smoke. Right? And then some coals or sparks, they may come and burn your clothes as well. You're not working with the fire. They are. But their company will affect you. It will rub off on you. So Allah says, إِنَّكُمْ إِذَنْ مِثْلُهُمْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ جَامِعُ الْمُنَافِقِينَ وَالْكَافِرِينَ Indeed, Allah will gather the munafiqeen and the kafirin, the hypocrites and the disbelievers. فِي جَهَنَّمَ In the hellfire, jami'an all together. In this world, they sit together in their gatherings, mocking at the verses of Allah, mocking at what the Messenger ﷺ said, mocking at a hadith, rejecting them. Today they are together, in the hellfire, they will be together as well. In this ayah, what do we learn? That it is a sign of hypocrisy 
that a person sits amongst people who mock at the verses of Allah and he lets them talk. He doesn't get up from there. The thing is that when people are talking about something negative and you get up and leave, what does that show? Your extreme disapproval. That you say, I don't tolerate such things. If somebody is insulting you, your parents, your siblings, your country, your constitution, whatever, do you tolerate that? You don't. You speak up. And if you don't have the ability to do that, you go away from there. Because, you know, sometimes you're watching a video or something and they're saying such nasty things. You can't tolerate even to listen to such things. So what do you do? You turn it off. You close the window. And that's what you're supposed to do. All these videos out there in which they mock at Islam, they reject. You're not supposed to be watching such things, by the way. We're not supposed to be watching such things. Because when we watch them, we're silently taking a part of it. We're approving it. Because every time we watch it and we forward it to people, what happens? It becomes more and more and more and more famous, popular. So we're promoting that. Isn't it so? So we have to stop it right there. How? Close the window. Don't forward it to anybody. So when you think about it, if like there's always been an example when we're kids that you know like the police officers will come to your class and be like, you know, if your friend is stealing something and you're with them, you'll still be considered guilty. It's guilty by association. So it's the same thing. Just because like even if you don't know they're doing it, you're still considered guilty because they're the ones who stole the thing and you were with them. Yes. So it's assumed that you were just by being there, you were considered a part of the crime. Yes. Innakum idan mithluhum. So here we need to ask ourselves that what kind of friends do I have? Whether Muslim or non-Muslim, what do they talk about? Do they refuse to obey certain commands of Allah in their casual conversations? Do they mock at maybe a verse, a word, at a hadith, at a verse of the Qur'an? Do they mock at it? Do they openly reject it? If they do so, then we have to be very, very careful. That sometimes we see ourselves doing such things, saying such things, openly refusing the verses of Allah. Like, I would never do this. I would never allow this to happen. I would never be in this situation. We openly sometimes criticize, refuse, reject the verses of Allah. So first of all, we have to check ourselves. Are we mocking at the ayat of Allah? Are we mocking at the commands of Allah? Because unfortunately in the name of Humor, in the name of comedy, mockery has been made permissible. Mockery of the ayat of Allah has been made permissible. So we have to check ourselves, and then we have to check our company as well. 